Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Maintain a connection, it helps you out in the long run. And uh, so my sweet spot is, is strategy for networking, lead generation, and automation. Well, that's, that's a great way to jump right in. So I think that's exactly what we should do. Uh, hey guys, this is Ruben and we are on Connection Loop. This is the Dub podcast. Um, Dub is a video communication platform. Uh, you can easily send videos from Gmail, LinkedIn, automate your marketing, automate your video sending. Um, there's a mobile app, a website, a Chrome plugin, all sorts of fun stuff. So today we have a very special guest with a very special beard. His name is Russ Johns. <laughs> and uh, my first question is, do you use some sort of a beard oil or like a coconut oil or how do you maintain that beautiful thing? You know, I am so low maintenance, Ruben, that I I do use a couple of things. Uh, beard oil is is one that I use, and, and I use cream occasionally. But I'm I'm just like not consistent. So it's, you know, I used to have a full on beard when I was in Houston, and when I moved to Arizona, I I narrowed it down to a, a little longer, shorter uh, beard. So it's a little more manageable now. So when it gets 110 degrees, it's not it's not quite as uh, heavy. <laughs> So, and thank you so much for being here and, uh, you know, having me on this show. It's, it's, I'm a huge fan of dub and I, I love what you're doing and, and, uh, some of the ingenuity and, and creativity that you're bringing to the table here. So thank you so much. Well, no, thank you for saying that. Yeah. So you, you have your own agency and you sort of assist people with marketing automation and talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've been around a few days, you know, it's, uh, I have a little bit of wisdom in, in this area. And uh, I started out in computers when uh, they were still using mainframes and, and, you know, DOS was a program that people used. And so as I've developed over the years, one of the things that I've really focused my attention on is how to maintain connections with individuals over time and how you can actually build a relationship with individuals that either are part of your community or your clients or your prospects. And just this idea of lead generation is so broad and so expansive that there's a lot of things that you can do to simplify that process in your business. And, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm really focusing my time on. And, you know, I've been in and out of corporate America and in and out of different activities. And I really love helping and teaching and assisting people in solving that problem is like, how do, how do I bring this together in a solution that I could scale? How can I do it over and over again? Yeah. Well, I'm, I get this vibe as I, as I sort of look through your website and your LinkedIn profile that you've got this really good balance of providing um, value, providing insight, providing education, intelligence, but also there's this humanitarian vibe that I get from you. Kindness advocate, as you mentioned, believer in smiles. Talk to me about that. Well, I've always been, uh, yeah, I've always been an optimist. You know, it's like, okay, what can we do with this? And, and I've had a couple of experiences in my life where, uh, you know, near death experiences. Um, you know, I fell three stories in 87, uh, nearly lost my life, uh, lost a lot of the use of my right arm had to reinvent myself and discover, you know, ways to do other things. And when you're in that situation and, and you have some choices in front of you, being an optimist is, a, is to your advantage. And so I've always had this idea that, you know, when in doubt, you know, kindness is cool and smiles are free. And uh, nearly two years ago, a little over two years ago, I lost a son to suicide as well. And that compounded the fact that life is short and the only thing we have to do is do what we can to help others. And, you know, and, and I always sign off with things that enjoy the day because, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So things can happen. And, and I'm really, I mean, that's a heartfelt, um, you know, passion of mine is, is just making sure that I can help as many people as I can. And that's the human, humanitarian part of th this equation. 
that's that's fascinating i really connect to that kindness is cool <clears throat> smiles are free enjoy the day yeah I, love and I think I, I catch that vibe from you as well, Ruben, because, you know, some of the things that you're doing with dub and, and the ability to connect easily across your platform is so elegant. And, uh, you know, we're on zoom right now, which is a, a, a wonderful platform. And think about the fact that five years ago, this wasn't even an option. You know, it's, it's, it's platforms like this that are really allowing people to engage and connect and discover something more about what others are doing around the world. Even. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been playing in this, in this idea of um, a asynchronous video communication. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, that's obviously not what this is. This would be synchronous since it's a live teleconference, but um, I, I think it came for me out of um, probably a combination of, laziness and um, impatience <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you know if i ever felt the need to communicate something visual i it would be very difficult for me to wait a week or a month to have a call whether it's a pitch call or a sales call or just something for business development you know here's what i'm talking about right now here's me here's my story here's what's on my screen take yeah. it or leave it <laughs> and and here it is within the next 60 seconds so that idea of immediate gratification, I think, is really what gravitated me towards asynchronous communication. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I'm not sure what the, the key motivator was initially in, in all of your background. However, obviously, you, you've been involved in you know, communities and, and networking and startups in, in the startup world. And there's so many of us that are searching for that connection, that relationship. And I think you know, Facebook and, you know, I'm, I'm huge on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I, I, you know, I've been on LinkedIn for a lot of years and the challenge with those large organizations and growing numbers, big numbers for authority is that eventually we still have to come down to the conversation, right? We still have to have the conversation and the connection. And if I send you a video on dub and, you know, it resonates, there's a response, there's a cause and effect. There's, there's a, you know, return on your investment of time. And that's what I love to see because my, my reaction to dub and the, the re, you know, reaching out has been phenomenal. And I just, and I just really appreciate what you're doing. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, I think that the funny thing is I think that you and I are on this call because I think of a video that you had sent early on and it was just an instant opportunity for me to get to know you, to hear your voice, to see you. And that was the first <laughs> of our connection. So I said, Hey, I, this guy seems really interesting and I love his beard. So I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk to that. <laughs> well, and, and I love your videos that you guys do. Your team is, is pretty uh, prolific in terms of video and, and video creation and going out and ad hoc and, you know, going out and walking and hats off to you. For doing <laughs> that. So it's, it's inspiring. So I'm going to continue to do that. I started a series of, uh, two minute tips, hashtag two minute tips. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very and, cool. And so I've been, I've been working on that. I've got some equipment here and, and continuing to do that. And yeah, then, so mm -hmm. yeah. Go Talk ahead. to me about that. What, what's the uh, thesis behind that? Well, the joke is, and I have t-shirts and everything. Uh, the joke is, is two minute tips in 10 minutes or less. <laughs> Cause I labeled it two minute tips. However, I would always go over and people are saying that's, I listened to the whole thing. However, it wasn't two minutes <laughs> and, and, and it was just about life, you know, and, and talk about positivity and, you know, some tools you could use. It, it, was, it was just a conversation from Russ, you know, uh, uh, kind of rambling from my perspective. And then I just, I just started putting it out there. I was doing it every day on LinkedIn actually. And uh, I want to get back there. And that led me to the lead wizard. So that's another platform that I'm, I'm, working on a concept in early development, but two minute tips, it just resonated with a lot of people. And, uh, so then I just adopted the hashtag on LinkedIn when they started using the hashtag. So it's, it's kind of a fun little project and I, I, I want to get back and start doing it again. Well, I mean, I think the, I think the future is, is daily content. Yeah. You know, people used to be in a monthly and then it got knocked down to weekly. And now if you notice some of the most prominent brands, some of the most pr 
prominent people are posting daily, really multiple times daily yeah. on all channels. And I think the, the inspiration for this show, Connection Loop, was really that idea of that we are connecting as human beings around content, but also around storytelling and just personalities, you know? And then if we can continue that loop that we grow our networks, we grow our business, we thrive. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you know, the challenge with uh, entrepreneurs as a, as a general rule, and, and especially in the startup community is it feels isolating a lot of times and you feel like, okay, am I the only one that's doing this? Am I the only one feeling this way? And one day you're elated because things went well. And the next day you're going, Oh crap, you know, <laughs> what else is going to come up? And, and I think by connecting like this and telling stories and sharing what's going on in the world around, you know, our world as individuals, I, I think people connect and really respond to that. And, and I think, you know, going back to the Facebook analogy, I think, I think what we're going to find is people are going to shrink down into smaller communities focused around ideas and concepts and stories. And I think that's, that's something that we're going to see emerge, you know, and uh, I think, you know, dub is a big part of that. You know, I think uh, this kind of technology is going to assist in that process. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board. I completely agree with you on that, on that front. Uh, you mentioned that you fell three stories and I, I got to get that story out of you if you don't mind, <laughs> not to sensationalize it, but I want to understand what happened and what we should learn from that story. Um, well, I have been, I had been working in uh, the outdoor I industry. I moved to Seattle and a job came available in Portland. So I moved from Seattle to Portland. I had just moved to Seattle from Utah and uh, we had like seven horses at the time. And, and so I, I needed to get some work and it was in just after the crash of 85 and industry down and I wasn't playing music at the time. And so I moved to Portland and it was uh, kind of a winter day and I, I was cleaning a, a billboard. I was actually working for the billboard company and, uh, I was up on a billboard and I came down, um, grabbed a hold of a ladder on the way down and, and broke eight rungs of aluminum ladder before I hit the ground. And fortunately, a young, a young boy was with his mother at a bus stop across the street and happened to see me fall. And he goes, look, mom, that guy just jumped off his sign. And so they called the ambulance. I was still conscious, but in shock. And I got to the hospital and then I got a lot of, I was in two years of rehab and reconstruction and nearly lost my arm. And, and so I had to reinvent myself. And, and so, you know, all, I, I was a musician and playing music one day and, you know, then working in the construction industry to, you know, make, pay the bills and feed the horses. And the next thing I know, I'm in the hospital recovering. So, well, that's a, that's a real kick in the ass, right? That's, that's yeah. crazy. That's well, the upside though, Ruben, the upside is I, the company that I worked for came back and hired me back and I became the safety director. So I wrote oh, fall wow. protection. So I wrote fall protection programs and wrote safety manuals. And I, I started working with all this uh, software and that's what got me in the tech field. So it led me down the, the technology path. So, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. You were, you were working on a billboard, you said? Yeah. Outdoor advertising. So isn't, isn't, there's a little bit of a, a paradox in there, something kind of interesting that you, you went, you were working on a billboard in construction for advertising, and then you fell three stories to get into advertising. basically advertising. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense. You fell three stories to get into advertising. So it was from advertising to advertising, just, you know, the real world, the tech to, te you know, digital and technical. Yeah, it's wordsmithing, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what we call marketing, right? That's crazy. So, uh, you know, you know, I'm a drummer, right? No, I did not know that. I, well, I, I, I saw your drums in your office on one of your videos. So yeah, no, but I'm like a drummer drummer. Like I've been drumming since I was uh, about 13 years old. All right. I started when I was 11. I started <laughs> playing, I started playing clubs when I was 16. No way. That's a trip. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, uh, uh, we, uh, I was in bands that, you know, we had a 20, 30, 
put Bluebird bus and traveled around the country and Northwest and Canada and had, no a, way. had a great time. Yeah. What, who, who would you say your early influences of music are? Well, when I was, when I started playing, it was kind of in the disco era. So I played country and then I really enjoyed the eighties uh, because that was more, uh, I resonated with that. So, you know, mostly corporate rock bands. Uh, you know, I really liked bands like um, Cold Blood early on, Tower of Power, you know, average white band, funk. I was really into funk. I really liked funk, reggae. And then, you know, Journey, you know, all of the, the big hair bands that uh, came along after that. And then I was kind of the, uh, then I got into electronic. I've actually performed dubstep in Houston in the past. So I've DJed and played dubstep in Houston when I was there. Very cool. Been 2010. I left there a year and a half ago. So we almost called the, the dub um, automated workflows dubstep. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, I, I would love, I, I just, uh, I saw the dub label and I thought, I'll, I got to pick this up. I got to <laughs> That's cool. But yeah. It's very cool. So we'll have to talk offline sometime about drumming. And yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my origin story on drums is, is, um, Tom Sawyer, you know, Oh yeah. Rush. The professor. Yeah. Neil Pert, you know, and, uh, I just heard him when I was a kid oh. and him along with John Bonham and, and I bought these two books. I bought yeah. moving pictures, the book, the drum book. And I bought, um, I think it was Led Zeppelin four. Um, and I learned every single song off from every single album on the drums. I, I could play them to perfection. You know, I play them, you know, I remember I had my drum kit on the second of my, of my bunk bed on the top of my bunk bed and I would just jam and play and it was a lot of fun. And then I got into a band and, you know, went down that route and it was, it was incredible. And to this date, I mean, I still play music, you know, I've got, I've, I've got actually have a little, some bongos next to me and I think two guitars and then a ukulele here along with nice. a ton of percussion. But really the, the beat I think of my life is, you know, rhythm and percussion and yeah. music and, you know, we're always composing, you know, so yeah. I haven't stopped drumming since then. Well, I, I got really in heavy into, uh, into Ableton live and creating composing music. So, you know, I have all the electronic equipment for that. So it's really, it's really handy. And then, you know, I taught podcasting at podcast movement and I've pot, taught podcasting on, and I used to run radio stations in Houston as well at one point in time and audio music, you know, all of this equipment, this gear and being a nerd kind of all comes together at once. And I just, music has always been the thread that kind of held it all together. Well, if you have tracks, please send them our way and we will find a home for them in one of our videos. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. So speaking of podcasting though, um, you know, it, gosh, it's just, it's just blown up. It's like everywhere I look, there's something cool out there and I want to consume all of it. And there, some of them are, so long. <laughs> some of the podcasts are like three hours. How do I even get through this? You know, <laughs> I got to take a long road trip just to consume this. Right. And, and I've, and I found myself, you know, driving and I'll lose internet and then I'll lose the podcast and then I'll just, I'll get that like road rage. I'll be like, no, where's my podcast? <laughs> yeah. And then, you you know, Spotify just purchased uh, Anchor FM. Yeah. And Gimlet Media, you know, Gimlet was, uh, you know, they, they've grown huge. So it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I have friends in the podcast arena and uh, their podcasts are growing and expanding and people want to, People wanted a more personalized experience, I think, you know, that's, it goes back to the, the relationship that you have because podcasting can be very intimate, you know, just like this show. It's, yeah. it's amazing how personalized well, it can be. Well, like, like you, I come, I have some of that, you know, corporate America experience. And I think uh, I sort of suffered for a while of being stuck into a situation where you couldn't necessarily have casual conversations like this create casual content um but really get that authentic real honest stories from people 
Um, because corporate, at least many years ago, it used to be very contrived and very overproduced and everything had to be pristine. But that's not yeah. re really what people want anymore. Now they want real human stories, you know? Yeah. I think, um, I think that's definitely helped to the whole podcast thing, especially in corporate, you know? Um, so what's your take on that? I mean, you have so much experience. Give us some, some, some tips and tricks. On well, I think, I think organizations, if they're not creating a, a show around their products and services and the value they bring to their community, I think they're missing, missing out. I, uh, I really think that corporate podcasts or shows, you know, producing content around how they help, who they help and, and how to engage with them. I, I think that, that has to be part of your equation if you're going to be doing business in the next five, 10 years. And if, you, if you're not producing that content right now, you need to start because that's, it, it's, it's not a matter of if it will happen. It's a matter of when it will happen and how it evolves. I mean, we're already seeing it, you know, how many hours of uh, traditional television have you watched in the last month? Uh, Stranger things, a couple episodes. That's not CBS, NBC. No, zero. I haven't watched regular. I haven't owned a TV since 95. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the reality is, is people are streaming and, and they'll, pay, they'll pay a subscription fee to avoid co commercials, right? Right. So if a company and organization is spending millions of dollars on commercials and you go down the highway, you know, the passengers are looking at their phone. They're not looking at the billboards anymore. So if, if you want to be engaged in your community, you have an opportunity right now that is cost effective, it's impactful, and you can grow a community around your cause and you can get some, you know, some fans of your product and have the, the fans become your advertising. And you do that by creating content that they can thrive in and understand and appreciate. It's not a matter of, okay, how, how many people can I spam today? It's a matter of how many people can I engage and have them appreciate and understand what we're accomplishing. Yeah. Well said in, in the dub Facebook group, someone mentioned, someone actually asked a question. They said, Hey, can, can dub be used for cold email outreach? And that's a, it's a total risky realm. You know, sure. it, everyone's at risk when people start fooling around with that because you know, if it's not opt-in and you get the spam complaints, it's just terrible for everyone. Plus, it doesn't really work. Uh, I have, you know, been involved with a lot of different types of companies of all sizes, and I've seen people do a lot of different types of tests, and I've seen people fail miserably at cold reach, even with all the amazing tech that's out there and the mm -hmm. IP stuff and all this crazy stuff. It, it doesn't work because of a couple of reasons, I think. Number one is that you're not really solving the trust problem. I mean, the biggest problem that we're suffering from on the internet right now is trust. Yeah. You know, we, we can't trust one another because there's so much garbage out there. So there's so many bad actors. There's so many things that are happening all around us. We consume, we watch the news and we get very weary about people. And, you know, unless we know them or they've been referred or we've built some sort of a relationship. So mm -hmm. when someone comes out from the wild cold and they say, here's X, Y, and Z and buy element OP, it's, it's not even the content that they're looking at. It's they're looking at the person and they're saying, what are the worst things that could potentially happen if I engage yeah. with this person, you know? So, you know, to your point, I think the right strategy is to do things like this, to create content, to be original, to provide a tremendous amount of value, you know, to help people, to really truly educate them so that as they go down their path and they try to overcome their challenges that they remember, Hey, you know what? It was Russ that helped me. And actually I should give him a call because I need help with my digital marketing now. And, yeah. and I think that trust is, is, is really where all the opportunity is, you know, so no shortcuts here. No shortcuts. And, and here's the thing is, is people a lot a lot of people imagine that social media is a shortcut to results and it's not, it's no, it's a tool. It's only a tool and the work still needs to go into the tool. Whether you're meeting someone across the table with a cup of coffee, you know, a glass of tea or, you know, a beer or wine or whatever your choice is or dinner. If you're not connecting with that individual and, and not really, it doesn't matter what you do if, if they don't 
really trust you or like you or, you know, appreciate what you're doing, you're not going to do business. I mean, I'd rather attract and engage than chase and convince. And if I can do that, and if I can do that and broadcast something positive to the world, you know, kindness is cool. Smiles are free. Enjoy the day. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. I'm not selling anything with that. Right. Except the positive. And then if I add to it, you know, some helpful advice and some meaningful content, and then people understand who I am. And then when I have something I want to offer or I want to share, or people ask me what I do, then I can, I can have, I can tell them, you know, and there's no, there's no guard up. There's, you know, there's no resistance to that conversation. It's all part of the process. So, you know, you can post as much as you want on social media. And like I said, at the beginning is it still boils down to having the opportunity to have a conversation, whether it's one to many or one-on-one, it's still a conversation that needs to take place. I really like, really like what you said. You'd rather attract and engage versus you said chase, chase and convince. And convince. <laughs> That's great. I mean, you know, we kicked off, we kicked off some kind of classic demand generation initiatives on our side and you know, the inbound leads that we're getting the, uh-huh. the conversion rate compared to what they used to be in our early days, you know, with outbound outreach, you know, cold sort of cold calling and, cold outreach, it's, it's like five to seven times higher in terms of a conversion rate. Because when people come to us, um, they made a choice, you know, mm-hmm. they decided to pursue a path. They did just decided that they have some issue and that we potentially can solve it. And we're really realizing the benefits from that. I mean, we've got a long way to go. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's a slog, but you know, we're investing into our content and, and into our education and it seems to be working. So. So have you seen, has your experience been that it's been productive in the, the content you're creating? Well, Is there I think, a cause and effect or have you seen it yet? Have you noticed it yet? Well, I, you know, I think that there's two or three levels right now. So I think there's the vast majority of the people that sign up to Dub, we have no source on them. We don't, there's no attribution. There's no UTM value. Source equals other. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, we like that. I have no problem with that. Not everything needs to They're be. still arriving at the door, exactly. knocking to come in. Right. We yeah. have a little, a little old school 1995 style drop down that says, how did you hear about us? Yeah. Catch all. Um, but I'll tell you this, we use a lot of tech to try to get attribution as, as clean as possible. Yeah. Um, but guess what? When it comes to word of mouth and branding and people talking, they just go to your domain name. They're like, oh, well, I've heard of that company. Let me go check it out. And they type in your URL and they go to dub.com and then they just visit us. So well, I can't tell you how many people ask me, how did I, how did, how did you do that? Yeah. Well, there you go. So, you know, and, and I tell them, I say, Hey, this is rocks. This is awesome. Go check it out. Here's no, how you use it. And, and the, I hope you're using the affiliate link just on a side note. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, well, <laughs> for a reason. So we want to help, help, you know, help people out. But, um, but I think that at some point I realized that I have to let go. I used to have an obsession with attribution. Uh, I mean, UTM values down to <laughs> four or five levels down. I'd get the content in there. I'd get the term in there. You know, every single link on every single blog post, every single ad had a yeah. different UTM value. And I realized that it's just, we're not going to scale like that. If we continue to put all these weird looking links all over the place, you're reaching in the wrong direction. Exactly. So we just have to reach up. (laughs) Exactly. Not back. Right. So we, at some point I just said, look, I want to make myself vulnerable and I want to, you know, really invest into branding and invest and really fuel the conversations that are happening out there. Yeah. So we made that choice. And first of all, it liberated us from a content perspective because now when we post something on social, there's no, I mean, very rarely, unless it's a paid ad, there's no attribution to it. You know, I mean, yeah, if it's a click through, we have sort of a last click data parameter that we'll collect. Um, but it's just, it's just a lot easier. So to answer your question, what we've noticed is that there's a lot of conversations that are happening around what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are centered around our daily content, you know? Um, also, as a social tool, 
you know, since dub is about allowing people to connect one to one or one to many, you Mm -hmm. know, just like you said, they learn about the tech and they say, Oh, well, what is it that you're using to use video to communicate? How did you just email me a video? What, what is that? And then they click on the link below or they just ask. So, you know, we're, we're trying to dial in our channels. Uh, I can't imagine not doing as much content as we're doing right now. We've slowed down on blog posts, which is probably a bad thing. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say is that it looks like a lot of our stuff is off the cuff and, you know, we don't have sort of a clear understanding of what our content calendar is, but that's actually not the case. Everything is data driven. We actually use a lot of SEO tools to figure out where we're in the game, what people are typing in to land on our website. And then those keywords is what we explore. So, you know, yesterday uh, we dropped a video on small business videos because a lot of our clientele, small, medium-sized businesses, they're coming up with videos, they're producing them, they're recording them, they're sharing them. People are coming to us typing in small business videos. So we built a whole, you know, nine, six, like seven or eight or nine minute long video. And it was a lot of fun. We went to this hotel and we provided a ton of value, but it all tracked back to that, you know, SEO keyword term essentially that we're trying to target. So, yeah. um, but you know, we, we take the nerdiness and the geekiness out of it and you know, we don't, I mean, we're transparent about it, but at the same time, you know, we go beyond that. We bring in the lifestyle, we bring in the content, we bring in the entertainment and sometimes a skateboard. Well, one of the things that I really appreciate is not only the transparency, and it's just the ease of use that you can present in your videos. You know, it's like, okay, just walking down the street, you know, you got your skateboard and you got, uh, you know, different, like you did the one on the real estate, um, you know, where you're doing different aspects of a house and different shots you could bring. You know, that was a long, longer video piece of content that was valuable. And it's like, okay, just look at different perspectives on storytelling. It wasn't necessarily about the dub application itself. It was about the storytelling process that you can use to enhance your video and, and, and add to the value that you're bringing to the table. And that's what I think people, you're not pitching a product. You're, you're pitching the story about how you can improve your own product using right. video. And it's just, it's just elegant. And I, you know, I just, like I said, hats off to you guys for, you know, knocking this down and, and getting it out. Cause I've looked at so many platforms. I looked at, you know, emailing videos and I even created a, um, I did a startup where it was called follow up leads where I would, you know, automate a business card, a video business card and automation and a bunch of stuff. And it's like, I know how challenging it is to, to create something from nothing and, and have that whole process and the evolution of that process and uh it's crazy so yeah well it's it was it was a non-linear journey and uh (laughs) continues and a lot of ups and downs uh, lots of war stories lots of pivots lots of you know listening to uh customer feedback and figure out where the product should go so we're still on that path oh absolutely and hopefully you'll not it won't be a destination. It's more about the journey. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing right there. I mean, for me, it's, you know, I've spent the years of my life not really enjoying what I was doing. I was doing it and I was working hard and, you know, very technical, but my eyes were bleeding and, you know, my heart was, was just in pain and my brain was suffering because I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was really providing any true value, you know, and uh, I, I suffered from that. And, you know, it took me years to really realize that it was, it was actually fear that I was trying to overcome um, oh, man. Fear of, of getting out there, fear of taking risk, you know, fear of making different choices. Um, and to know really that, you know, I have the confidence and I have the ability to do what I need to do. I mean, I used to be a behind the scenes kind of a guy. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I didn't do well at that <laughs> people that are much smarter than me and much faster than me uh, with way better skills. And I realized, Hey, listen, I better just lean into whatever the hell I am and just get, get the hell out there. You know? Well, that's so funny that you should say that because I think there's a real need in a lot of lives right now, especially younger lives, uh, you know, people attempting to discover what they really bring to the table versus what people expect them to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And we could, that's an entirely different show and it could go on for hours. 
However, I think it's really important for people to understand that with technology, it evens the playing field. You know, you can publish what you want, you can share what you need, and you can explore different activities and ideas. And it's like, okay, I don't know anything about this job or this career, and I'm going to school for it. I should probably understand a little bit more about what it takes to do that. And with, you know, the technology today, you could find out an answer. And I, I've seen so many people start a business and they, they get into the business thinking they're going to love it because they like cooking or a coffee or a coffee shop or something. And they get in actually doing the business and they hate it. And it's like, this is not what I imagined. This is not the, the result I, it, I anticipated. And so, you know, with the technology today, you can actually find out and discover some things about different careers, different ideas, different paths. and some. You know, like you and I, it's like, okay, creating our own thing is, is as a result of finding out that we don't fit into a, another box. You know, it's think outside the box and we have to explore those avenues. Yeah. I mean, isn't it's, it's such a crazy thing that the, the paths of our lives are there. You never know what you're going to run into. You never know what thing you're going to fall off or how you're going to fail or you know, yeah. how the universe is going to say, hey, listen, that's not really for you. And at, it's at that moment where the magic happens. Oh, absolutely. Realize, you know, I got to I got to connect these dots and I have to, you know, take these signs. But then on the flip side, sometimes when the universe kicks your ass, you yeah. have to get up and say, you know what? Actually, no, I'm not going to give up and I'm going to continue on this path. And yeah. it's the hardest thing to know which one to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you we'll know? have that conversation uh, another time. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I tell you this, I feel for the, you know, young people, you know, pre-adolescents, adolescents now that are on social, they're consuming media, you know, they're seeing these stories that are be, being told out there, and then they're coming up with their hopes and dreams and their career aspirations. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes, what are those aspirations based on? Like, for example... You know, there was this term in India, you know, my ethnic background is, but my family is from India. Uh -huh. um, so there was this term, which it still exists, and it's this idea of Western envy. So some parts of the East, you know, they'll have MTV and they'll have Hollywood movies and, you know, rap videos and music videos and everything. And, you know, the, the young population, they'll consume that content and they'll say, that's what I want to be like. That's how I want to dress. That's how I want to look. Yeah. You know, that's the whatever lifestyle right yeah. so what is it that they're basing those hopes and dreams off though they're basing it off of media that's created by producers meant to entertain us it's a false premise it's a false premise so you know i always encourage people you know dig deep and really find what the truth is out there you know don't take things at face value you know peel the onion a couple of layers back go three four six links you know clicks yeah. in yeah. And find find the truth, and let that be your motivation. Let that be your inspiration. Yeah, because I I mean I I have chased the American dream, and you know, had the two kids in the house, and you know, the the large lot and the property and all that kind of stuff. And at some point in time, my life became a nightmare because it, I what you know I was suicidal. It's like I don't. This is not working out for me, and I had to make some major changes and. Uh, some decisions and it's, and it's, and it's more difficult now because of the amount of information that is out there distracting us and some of the things that we're told we need to do, you know, and, and the paths that we need to take. And this is what you should do. And the reality is, is there's no security. There's no such thing as security in my mind, you know, real security. It's like there, tomorrow's not guaranteed, you know, corporate America, you, you know, one sale, one ink signature on a piece of paper can sell a, a company and your job can be eliminated. So, you know, things will happen. Things take place all the time. And if you can find joy in what you're doing at the moment and, you know, enjoy the journey and where you're going and then make some decisions based on what really brings you joy, I think, I think longer term, you'll be better off. I mean, I'm not against planning or strategy or anything like that. 
I, I'm totally for that. However, like you said, being doing what you're told or what you imagine from the media isn't necessarily uh, what you're really going to gravitate to in life and make you happy. Yeah, well said. So what, what would you say your best decision was? My best decision is to, overall, is to continue chasing and working on my goal to help more people with the information I've learned over the last 30 years. And, and that's, that's the most important thing to me right now is, is I want to create courses and content and share that information with people to help their lives easier. Because I see so many business owners, owners that are overwhelmed by technology. They're overwhelmed by what to do in their marketing stack, you know, how to, how to put the pieces together. And I think, cause I love that research. I love the concept of, you know, testing things. I love the evaluation and I love bringing it all together and, you know, being Mr. Wizard and saying, okay, here's a stack that will work for your business. And, and here's the direction you need to go. And here's what the results are going to, you know, you, here's the direction you need to go for the results you're looking for. And uh, there's 10,000 ways to, to do things and they only need one thing. They just need a, a checklist. Say, give me a way, give me an answer. I need it here. Give me a checklist so I can go down this checklist and, and get it done. Cause they're wearing 10 hats, you know, so they don't have the time to really analyze every decision they make. So if I can add value in that equation and help them get their branding out, put their marketing together and, and, uh, avoid the technology overwhelm. That's what I'm looking to help more people to do. Give me some links so people can uh, find you. Yeah. Uh, Russjohns.com. You can always book a call with me at bookrust.com. It takes right to my calendar. I believe in removing the friction and that'll book a call. I have schedules open in my calendar. Uh, the next platform that I, I'm growing for this to teach and, and share information is theleadwizard.com. So that's there. And then I continue, uh, I continue doing business through my uh, marketing agency with nextstepnext.com. So. Very cool. And give us some, some, uh, some sort of real tactical tips. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of businesses out there that aren't necessarily uh, leveraging video the way that they should be. Uh, to communicate, to streamline comm, to drive revenue. Um, mm -hmm. Give us some kind of tactical trips. It seems like you are uh, a little bit of a natural. I see some equipment behind you, some cool, cool looking tripods. Um, you got the microphone, you got the experience. So, uh, you know, how can you make it easier for people? Well, the first thing and the biggest challenge, and you mentioned it earlier, is, is fear. You know, you have to become comfortable with what you're doing. And if and when you become comfortable and you practice a few times, it becomes so much easier. And picking up a phone and just starting is the first step. Even if you don't broadcast it, even if you don't share it, just practice and, and pick a few things and start practicing. Because I truly believe that the best way to make a connection and, and build relationships is with video. I mean, it's amazing how many people you see that won't shoot video that are on FaceTime with their grandkids or their, their cousins or brothers and sisters or family. They'll jump on FaceTime all day long and they won't shoot a video. It's, it's if they frame it differently, it's like, you're just talking to a customer on the other side of that screen. That's all you're doing. And if you can, if you can, I, you know, kind of get that idea in your head, you're going to be much better off. And there's, you know, use dub. Dub is a fantastic platform and it's simple and it's easy to access. It's easy to use and create a call to action and just say, Hey, I was reaching out to you. Another thing, you have a ton of people in your phone already. If you have people that you've already connected with and you're building relationships with them and you haven't talked to them for three months, send them a message, pick up, a, make a call, you know, say, Hey, I'm doing this a, B and C and I just wanted to reach out and check in on you. And people really respond to that. And then the first thing they're going to say is, well, what's going on in your world? You know, and then start a conversation. And the way to scale that is to allow several people in your community to understand how they can help you. 
and people are willing to help all day long. I mean, you ask for help and, and you know, somebody's going to help you. And I, I found that to be true over and over, even when I didn't want it to be happening. It's like, Oh, I got this. I got this. I got this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I could do this. It's like, well, let me help you. Okay, here, have it. And once you get past that, that hurdle and allow people to start helping you and you can broadcast the fact of how they can help you, it, life is so much easier. It just turns it around. Well, I think one of the things that, uh, that I've definitely suffered from and, and still do to a certain extent is the idea of taking help from people, yeah. you know, um, accepting it, accepting it. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I think about the software that I have on my computer and it's like, God, how did I even learn how to use that program? That's crazy. <laughs> how, how is it that I, you know, I, I was, gosh, I was on Photoshop on an Apple II GS when I was a little <laughs> tiny kid. <laughs> there was actually no hard drive on this computer. It was all through desk, disk, yeah. the floppies. And, yeah. you know, I never, I never stopped using Photoshop. I still use it to this day, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, when we're done with this podcast, I'm going to take the MP4 file and I'm going to put it into Adobe After Effects and I'm going to, you know, export it and create a, a, a cool looking waveform. But I think yeah. the point is, is that that's not necessarily a good thing. There are experts out there. There are consultants and specialists and agencies yeah. and firms that, we, that can help us with all the things that we do. And just send it to a Dropbox, have somebody notified, and yeah. then have them process it to your specifications and guidelines. And then it gets delivered, period, end. Exactly. And then I should, you know, get on a phone call or I should do another podcast or I should have a business yeah. meeting. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, letting go sometimes is, is difficult. And I think that I, for me, I think that I, I'm sort of enamored with the whole, you know, creation, the production process. It's yeah. just so much fun for me. I mean, yeah. the gear and the tech and, you know, it's just, it, yeah. I love it, you know? Well, I love the idea of multicasting too. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, that's something that you guys have looked into and, and there's a couple of platforms out there that, you know, Restream and Caster IO and, and some of those other platforms that you can broadcast to multiple platforms at once. And when I start first started two minute tips, I was doing on YouTube. I had a podcast. I'd do it to LinkedIn. I'd do it to Facebook and I'd do this entire show and it'd take me about an hour and I'd do it late at night. Last thing I'd do. And and boom, then I'd be out on all these platforms. And, and there's ways that you can optimize and there's ways that you just have to be patient and wait for somebody else to do it. If you, if you automate to, you know, have somebody else do it. But I've been playing around with the uh, lower thirds. So I don't know if you do, how you do that. If you do that in Premiere or do you do that by hand or do you do an SRT file some other way or? Yeah. So, so Shannon really is, he actually produces all the content for us. Um, he's like a wizard. Speaking of wizards, he's a wizard in Adobe After Effects and Adobe Premiere. And then just as a cinematographer, um, yeah. filmmaker, right? So he, oh, yeah. yeah, he's really the core um, producer of our content. So he, he uses kind of all the tools. Um, but I think that what he's really taught me, and I think that what more people need to embrace is this idea of a no edit situation. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, you know, well, I got to go produce a video and then I got to get it, you know, cut, edited, post-production, sound, music, blah, 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 a whole process. Yeah. Um, four weeks later, you watch it and you're still not pleased with it. And yeah. whatever it is that you were selling or whatever it is that you wanted to communicate or whatever campaign that you had is now outdated. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that you wanted to really articulate at that moment is gone. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's lost its seam, it's lost its flavor, you know, so I, I'm actually encouraging people, you know, and I'm and I do this myself constantly is to is to just embrace the no edit situation. You know, if there's a lull, if you say, um, if there's a little mistake, if something happens in your world, if you're interrupted, if a dog, dog comes and, you know, tries to irritate you, you just embrace it. And that's yeah. your reality. And that's your life. And you just you know, provide a stream of consciousness. And that all of a sudden becomes honest and truthful. And now people say, well, wow, look, this guy is navigating life and I get to watch this guy or this gal, you know? So yeah. I always encourage that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I really appreciate that you said that because it's, it's very meaningful to a lot of people to actually see somebody else doing what they imagine they want to do. And it's like, okay, I, I can almost 
I'm almost there. I can almost do that, <laughs> but not quite. Right. They can. You can. You can. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes when I look at some of the stuff that we produce, I say, gosh, what would it look like if there was zero production on this? And I just went out there and did a no edit situation in selfie mode. And sometimes I say, well, you know what? It would have been cool. It would have been interesting. And maybe I would have fallen on my ass in the process, but that would have been content and hilarious. I think the danger in thinking like that is, is what brings life to the life to the story though. Yeah. So there you go. There it is. Yeah. Very cool. So awesome. So listen, this was, this was really, really fun. You know, I, every time I, I do a podcast like this, I'm just reminded of, you know, how important it is to kind of build these relationships. You know, um, you and I have, we had a business relationship before this, this, this podcast, and now it's been, you know, fortified. So yeah. I love that. And I really appreciate your time. And drummers need to stick together. That's right. That's right. Do you, you want to, should I give you a little, uh, little drum something? Yeah, give me a drum solo. Close it out. All right. Let's give yeah, you close a it out. Solo. All right. Let's close let's get this, this out. I'll just kind of re-angle this. Uh, so webcam here. Yeah. It's going to be extremely loud, but here we go. Nice work. That's a great way to close the show anytime. That's right. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate you, Wizard. Thank you. Thank you. And all the best to all you and uh, the crew and Ruben. Have a fantastic day. And you, enjoy the day. Thank you so much. And remember, guys, kindness and cool is cool and smiles are free. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it's Ruben. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate that. Uh, If you noticed, as I went back and I I listened to the podcast, Russ had some really great things to say about dub. And I think once or twice, I sort of changed the conversation and I didn't want to necessarily talk about dub. I wanted to hear about his story and his life and his experience. But anyways, I think that probably came from a little bit of humility, but also really wanting to provide as much value and really feature the guests on the show. Uh, That said, sometimes I shamelessly ask at the end of a podcast for a testimonial. And uh, I like to get positive success stories and case studies and, you know, really ways that people are using the dub platform to help them grow in their business. So anyways, Russ was kind enough to give me a testimonial and here it is. Hey, Russ Johns here. And I want to share with you one of the things that I'm really excited about. And this is dub the the platform i've used and and the click through rates and my ability to connect with others has been phenomenal i just really appreciate and applaud ruben and the team for what they've done with this thing and i just i just wanted to share this testimony because i'm a fan i'm an advocate and a user that appreciates technology that i don't have to mess with all day long just to get it to work so it just works set it up call to action and the response has been, I think my click-through rate is about 93%. So if that tells you anything, go get it. I love it. Thanks, Ruben.